So after weeks, actually months and years of rumors, we have finally had the big announcement from Apple. They are breaking up with Intel and switching to their own Apple Silicon processors. I'm Jason Cipriani with Jason Perlo. Today, we're going to dive into Apple Silicon and what it means for the future of Mac. So Jason, what exactly was the announcement? It's not you, Intel, it's me. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. We have better performance. That's essentially what it came down to. Right, yeah. right. So they announced that they're moving to their own A-series of ARM-based processors for the Mac lineup. It's a transition that will take a couple of years, according to Apple CEO Tim Cook, but we should see our first Mac with Apple Silicon, which is what they're calling it, uh, with an Apple Silicon processor by the end of 2020. We don't know what it's going to look like. Laptop. No, they haven't actually showed us the systems architecture of the actual chip that the first product will land on. I think that's, that's an important key thing to understand. Um, we know that they're going to use the same basic A-series architecture that we've seen in iPads and iPhones, right? The very first developer system that's going to ship is going to be an A12Z-based system uh, in a Mac mini chassis for, right. so, for developers. So, and that's not, you can't even buy it, right? You're, 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 you're getting it on loan for 500 bucks for a year, and then you have to give it back. They don't want, they want, they don't want developers keeping an iPad processor, you know, Mac, uh, and, and for $500, you're going to have, so the actual chip that we think that that's coming could be significantly more powerful than what's they're shipping to developers. Right. Oh, so, absolutely. Yeah. But what, what the, the, uh, as I understand it's a 12 Z I think is a, is a, is a, is a, is a quad quad processor. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's got a certain clock rate, um, but we could see an eight core or 16 core chip, you know, coming, coming out, you know, a significantly more powerful uh, or, or multiple A series processors in an SMP configuration. We, we don't really know exactly what it's going to look like a hundred percent. Um, GPU, um, may be integrated on the chip and may be discrete, you know, we, we, it, 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 any number of things that they could do with it, you know, in terms of a release box, you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. So they've switched to this ARM-based architecture. That's some big changes compared to what Intel architecture was. So developers are going to have to do quite a bit of work. And you kind of talked about it just a second ago. Developers can pay $500, get a Mac mini that has the A12 uh, processor in it. It's the same one that's in the current 2020 iPad Pro as well. But it's running Mac OS Big Sur, which is Mac OS 11 now. Got rid of the 10. 16, 15, whatever yeah, it was. 20 years, they finally ditched the 10. Yep, yeah, they finally got rid of it and we're actually on Mac OS 11. And so that developer kit actually is arriving this week to some developers and I would imagine there's a hefty NDA attached to it. So we probably won't get a lot of information from developers that actually land one of those machines. But there's a lot of work to be done in order to get apps and programs to work properly on an Apple Silicon Mac, right? That is true. So, you know, there's, I was actually surprised by just how thorough a port of Mac OS this was. So when I did my prediction article about a week ago, um, I thought there were going to be a lot more restrictions as to what developers were allowed to do. Right? My, my, my main thought was that Coco, the main Apple uh, Macintosh API, um, that, you know, developers that such as Microsoft and Adobe use and Apple uses for themselves for things like Final Cut Pro 
and Logic Pro, these big honking Mac apps, right, that use Cocoa, um, the, would not necessarily be, those APIs and libraries would not necessarily be usable by developers. Right. Yeah. Or, and I didn't think that necessarily sideloading apps would be possible. I think they, would, they were gonna put it all on the, Mac, on the App Store. As it turned out, they didn't do that. They allowed all the Cocoa apps to uh, APIs apparently to be used in libraries. I mean, we're going to see from the developer session today what the actual deal is with those. They didn't really cover that in detail last night uh, for the State of the Union. But it, it looks like there are all those things that you know that is used to write Microsoft Office, Adobe Photoshop, those big important pro apps. Those will all be portable. Um, in addition to that, um, all of the, the iPad and iPhone apps will be able to run in a native execution environment that essentially emulates the iPad and the iPhone. So if you are a developer and you have an iPad app and you've written an iPad app, all you have to do is say, yeah, I'm going to allow this to be turned on in the app store for the Mac and bam, it runs on the Mac. You do nothing. Right. Yeah. Well, you you had to have over the last couple of years stayed current with best practices, with yes. storyboards and window resize, especially for iPad apps. Yes. There's yes. window resizing that's enabled via storyboard, from my understanding, and that was a requirement they made for iOS or iPad OS 13, I guess, or sometime in that time frame, and which makes sense now because on a Mac you're going to want to resize windows. So you have to have kept current on best practices. But other than that, there's no reconfiguring of code. No. There, there's nothing else going on. It literally, like you said, is check a box, say yes, put it in the Mac App Store. And if you have an Apple Silicon powered Mac, you can run iPhone and iPad apps, which Very is- Very little or almost no app cleanup is gonna be required from, from, the, from the iPad front. The, the, additionally, they brought back an emulator. They brought back Rosetta, which, is, which was originally written by Transitive and it was eventually as a company that was bought by IBM, but eventually it, it converts um, x86 code to 64-bit ARM code on the fly. It's a just-in-time system. Um, how well it's going to work? Yeah. I mean, they showed a bunch of demos. It says that, you know, they had some, you know, demos. Everything looks great in the demo, right? But so we don't know how really in theory how well that's going to work, but it's there. So, so a lot of, so that will address a, a, a lot of app gaps for some people that need certain things that will take time um, to port. The major need of porting stuff, in addition to the Cocoa stuff, which is there, um, is Catalyst. Now they've expanded Catalyst considerably. Catalyst, as we know, is the need of iOS APIs ported to Mac OS. Right, and right. All, so, so all that stuff will run in a, what they call container process. So it's a type of virtualization. Um, that the 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 iPad the the ported iPad environments that will take advantage of all the Mac user interfaces and stuff like that um, that will run in a, in a essentially a virtualization container and you know we already have seen evidence of stuff like that in Big Sur uh, you've got Apple Maps and a, and a bunch of other utilities and programs that Apple has ported from iPad to run um, on the Mac. Yeah, Apple the, Message. I, Apple Messages, I think, is the biggest example there, right? Yes. They, they finally have brought over all the interactions and the screen effects and everything else short of iMessage apps to the Mac. And they've done it through a Catalyst app. Yeah. So, so I think Catalyst is going to be really the future platform where, you know, because if you think about where development priorities lie in terms of consolidating code bases and all that stuff, yeah, the, the big Cocoa apps, we're I mean, they're going to be here for a while, um, but I even see companies like Microsoft 
moving potential code base using Catalyst. If, if you think about stuff like Outlook, right? Outlook was the most crufty, crusty app out of um, Mac Office. Right. I see them potentially, and they didn't show Outlook, by the way, in, in the demo. They showed Excel and they showed, they showed Word, right? Um, yeah, oh, and they showed PowerPoint too. And they showed PowerPoint. But Outlook is utterly crusty and horrible on the Mac. I see them absolutely using Catalyst to port Outlook um, for the, from, from the iPad. Um, to provide that. Um, and, I, you know, you could see Google potentially moving Gmail and some of their other apps, um, the Catalyst. I mean, it, it would, it would, it, it's kind of a no-brainer for them to do that, in my opinion. I would hope so. You know, reading through developer responses yesterday and just looking at Twitter and getting a feel for the overall attitude towards the improvements, because when Catalyst, Mac Catalyst full, first launched last year, it didn't get really a warm welcome. There were quite a lot of issues and APIs that weren't available to developers and tools that just weren't there. Um, and so there was a lot of upset people, upset developers when it launched. And this year, the entire narrative around it is, this is what we wanted last year, thank you. We can make great Mac apps now using Catalyst. And so I, I really truly am looking forward to seeing what developers do with their iPad apps and converting them, uh, not only for, uh, Apple Silicon apps, but also there's a lot of us that still have Intel powered Macs around that this will work on, right? The Catalyst apps still will work on that. And, and so we'll get to take advantage of some of those, some of that work and effort by developers. This is the AP, this is the future API platform, right? Absolutely. I mean, I've seen that. That sentiment is very strong in the developer community. But as, as they build out capabilities in iPad and iPad OS over time, iPad and, and Mac OS will have more and more shared APIs. They're going to have more and more in common. And the distinction between the two environments is going to be blurred or, or non-existent over time. Yeah, it kind of already is with the uh, interface redesign we've seen applied to iOS, iPad OS, and now Mac OS Big Sur. Everything is a little bit more touch friendly. There's a very streamlined approach to the interface across the entire lineup now where Mac was definitely Mac and iOS and iPadOS had their own look and feel. And this year they've merged quite a bit. And, and I think consumers will see that later this fall when all of this launches and becomes finally available. So speaking of consumers, what, what does this switch away from Intel to Apple Silicon actually mean for consumers now and going into the future? Yeah, so I mean, I think that we're gonna see a taste of this um, in Big Sur for Intel, right? For those of us who haven't gone out and bought, we bought our Macs recently. I, mean, I just bought a 16-incher a 16 uh, MacBook for work a couple of months ago, and a great machine. I have Big Sur running on it now. As developers start to port iPad Macs over, well, guess what? They won't just land on the ARM processor architecture. They're going to land on the Intel version of Big Sur as well. So they'll cross-compile to both to both targets yep. and we'll see iPad apps start to land on Intel and you'll be able to run them on Big Sur and we'll get a better taste of what these ARM future Macs are gonna look like on our Intel machines. Um, yeah. And I think that for consumers going forward, as we start to transit and buy machines like this, we will see improvements in power consumption. Um, you know, uh, these machines are gonna become more lightweight um, hopefully they'll they'll chew up less they'll they'll be less heat intensive they won't they won't they and so there'll be lots of benefits right and I think you know we may also see hybrid look we haven't heard anything about the the uh, the Apple TV yet what they're going to do with that box right um my 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 fantasy box for Apple TV is literally that developer Mac 
that's coming out. A, a, a developer Mac with, you know, uh, with a cool game controller and the ability to run iPad and, and, and Mac apps on, on, a, on a television, you know, with, with the Apple Mac interface, uh, with, the, with, the iPad, with the Apple TV interface as kind of like a media center. You know, you could theoretically build a device like that now um, with, sure. with, with the parts that they have on, on, on hand. So there's, there's all kinds of interesting integrations that they can have if, you ha if you're a full-blown Apple customer, right? You got an iPhone, you got an iPad, and you got, and you got a Mac, and you got an, a watch. Very tight integration, um, you know, that we have to look forward to. Yeah, I don't think, so the biggest question here is, do you wait or do you go and buy a Mac if you need one right now? Or do you wait for this fall 2020, end of the year, uh, Apple Silicon powered Mac or two Macs that are going to be released. You know, there's some speculation that in 24 inch iMac, as well as a MacBook, 12 inch MacBook are going to be the launch devices. Uh, I don't know anything about what the validity I, I don't of those. See any reason why we should be waiting. I mean, yeah. they, because Big Sur runs on Intel also. Yep. So, I mean, and I, I see anything that's ported is going to be ported to Intel as well. There's no reason why a developer shouldn't fit, flip a compiler switch and say, yeah, you know what, make it distribute it for Intel as well. I mean, that's just revenue stream that they, they can get for doing effectively nothing, right? So I think that the Intel, it's going to be a two, he said it's going to be a two-year transition process, right? right? So if you are, a pro, look, if you're one of those guys that uses a pro and you are chewing up TV, uh, 4K video code, uh, you're doing rendering, all that kind of stuff. Apple, uh, uh, Apple Silicon is not going to solve your problems in, in, in the in the immediate in the immediate sense, right? So right. I think it'll be a few years before we start to see Apple Silicon systems that are rival the the power of the absolute most powerful, fastest things. I mean, look, there are Macs out there that have terabytes of RAM on them. <laughs> I mean, have, I've never even seen an ARM chip address that much memory, right? In, in 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 the in the field, you know, even in cloud environments where you know, I mean, I mean, I'm, I, Microsoft is deploying um, ARM servers on Azure, right? and those and those are ships that they systems they they develop with Qualcomm, right? So those are in the rare right now. You know, they're 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 out there, they exist. You know, Microsoft is using them for some of their 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 platform as a service stuff. You know, for for you know, microservices and things internally, but this is a fair. A, this is going to be a, a completely new territory for for just about everybody uh, out there. Yeah, I agree. I don't see any reason in waiting. Uh, if if you need a new Mac right now, just buy an Intel Mac. Uh, you know, there's speculation that, and actually Tim Cook said it yesterday during the keynote that they have Intel powered uh, Mac updates in their pipeline, which should be coming soon. You know, either wait a month or two to see if they announce them relatively soon or go in and upgrade now. Don't wait for this ARM powered uh, Mac in, in only because we don't really know what pricing is going to be like at this point. Is it going to be more expensive as tooling costs rise for the initial batch first early adopter devices? I don't see Plus, these things being cheaper. They're not going to be cheaper. No, they're not going to be any cheaper at all. <laughs> it's Apple, right? It, plus, we, we don't know what the growing pains are for software. All of this sounds good, but looking back at that Microsoft demo, in Word, they clicked on one image and dragged it around a body of text. In Excel, they clicked on two cells yeah. and showed graphs updating. And in PowerPoint, they just showed PowerPoint. It could have been a screenshot for all we know. You know, like there wasn't, it was cool. Yep, 
it was great. It was running on it, but the extent of those ports, we don't know. And we don't know how well it's going to work yet. And there will be issues on launch day. I guarantee it. This app doesn't work. 32-bit apps are now officially done for good. They've been done since Catalina. They did that on purpose. So right. That, yeah. That was a that was a easing into this transition. And you know? all so the carbon, all the carbon APIs are gone. You yeah, don't have access so to there's gonna be huge growing pains for the first few months as Apple and developers work through everything. Look at the launch of Mac Catalyst last year. Developers said, yeah, it's okay, but it's half baked. Took them a year to get it right. I kind of expect that same thing with this transition and apps and programs running and developers having all of the tools that they need in order to make everything work. Although it appears in watching the State of the Union yesterday and the keynote and looking at developer response, a lot of the tools are there. There's going to be stuff that's not thought of. It just is the way this kind of stuff goes, you know? Yeah, I, 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 think, I think it's going to be, like I said, they gave, he said two years. Yeah. Two years is a long time in the developer universe. It really, it really is quite a bit of time that they have to get this done. Um, and in, and two, two years from now, does he mean all of our systems will be, will, will be this, including our top performing, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's the impression I got from just how it was framed and when he was talking about it, because he was addressing specifically hardware at that moment. But you have to take the whole picture into, into account here. And it's not only hardware. I mean, does that mean the Mac Pro, the you know, six, $8,000 Mac Pro will be arm powered within two years? That, that would be quite a feat, I think, um, if that happens. But also it's ironing out the APIs and getting everything running smoothly it is you know, the big picture there. So one last point, and then uh, we'll wrap this up. Is this really going to be better than Intel? for not only consumers and business users, but Apple? So I, I think, you know, I, I've written about the Intel architecture being on its last legs for a long time. And it's been a very resilient chip because it's been, you know, compatibility has always been the primary concern with Intel, right? I mean, in theory, you can still run DOS apps from the 1980s and 90s, uh, as long as you use virtualization technology uh, in, modern, in modern x86 chips. Right, um, so you had that full library of software compatibility going back forty years with Intel, right? We we haven't we haven't really, uh, you know, thrown the babies out with bathwater in any in any part of, of this thing. We've switched operating systems. We went from sixteen bit to thirty two bit to sixty four bit. We did a lot of those things. We added virtualization technology, you know, all that kind of stuff, pipelining, you know, multi threading, all that crap. But at the at the at the end of the day. We are, the, the Wintel platform has been the, the primary platform that we've been dealing with for the last 40 years. And it has, I mean, yeah, we've, we've increased our capabilities, increased amount of RAM, amount of processors, improved bus technology. But again, we've been dragging all our cruft with us all this time. This is an opportunity to do a reset, to say, you know what, now we're finally gonna go to a, a new platform we're going to get rid of all the, the old cruft. We're going to go use all new stuff. We're going to use all new development uh, software. Look, you can see how, how Apple's pushing Swift over its, its older technologies like Objective-C and some of the other things. Rapid, rapid development technologies, advanced development environments. I think the consumers will benefit from the fact that developers will be able to retool and finally use modern things. And, 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 we'll, and, we'll, and, we'll, and we'll see the benefits of that. I think that definitely ARM is 
at scale, once we understand how to, you know, deal with things like, yeah, you're going to have to have a lot more, more cores. You're going to have to deal with threading differently. You know, yeah. you can't just take an Intel chip optimized application and dump it on ARM and expect it to run perfectly. There may be code changes they're going to have to make, logic changes and things so that they, they handle, you know, uh, a, a system that's designed for 32 cores versus one for versus a, a, an app that was designed for four, right? So this the 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 the, the, the consumers will eventually benefit once all this stuff is fully optimized. Like I said, it's not going to be an immediate. Oh my God, how awesome is this? It's going to be in two three years. Wow, we've really reaped the benefits of this thing finally. And it's not it's not going to be I think as as smooth as we like. But but at the end of the day, I think it'll, it'll be a good transition for the company. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not going to be a smooth transition at all on day one. But no. I think overall, the move makes sense. Apple's able to control its entire platform from iOS on iPhone and Apple Watch all the way through Mac. Intel's held them up quite a bit with their release schedule for new processor upgrades and updates. And it's delayed Mac releases for years. And for the last not, few years. Let's not get away from it. The future is the app store. The future is not these big honking old Cocoa applications. You go to some website and you, you, you pay app Microsoft or Adobe and, and they, 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 they give you an installation binary, you double click on and you install. And now, you know, you're, you're out of band from Apple's revenue stream. The, the future is app store. Absolutely. And, and we'll see what happens with the regulation authorities as far as whether or not that's something they're going to be able to exclusively control going forward. You know, we're, we're, we're going to see some probably some um, government litigation. We're going to see some, some antitrust coming from the United States and from the European Union by the end of this summer. I mean, we're going to, we're going to, so, so Apple's future with, 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 and, and, and its relationship with developers is, is definitely something that we're going to have to watch very closely uh, over the next two years. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. You know, and, and I think performance wise, the, the Apple Silicon has proven itself in iPad. For example, the iPad Pro line is just as powerful, if not more powerful than most Windows laptops right now, benchmarking wise. Seeing that transition into a full-fledged computer though, where you're running multiple apps at the same time, the benefit of iPad is you're running one app and there's yeah. all resources and all power are dedicated to that app. Um, and so seeing what Apple does with that transition, but they have a good track record. I'm excited to see what happens. It's like we said, it's going to have some growing pains. There's going to be a transition period that's going to be bumpy, but I think in the end, this move makes complete sense for Apple. Uh, and I think it will be better, not only for consumers, but for enterprise users as well. And I think that's probably a good place to stop, Jason. Uh, what do you think? I agree. All right. I'm Jason Cipriani. And I'm Jason Perlow. And this is Jason Squared. Make sure to check out at more of our work at ZDNet.com.